What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. One of my pet peeves is when people get on the freeway and they do not merge at the speed of traffic. It angers me to an extent that people don't see the danger in doing so. It also helps me to understand why there are some people who refuse to drive on the freeway because it takes a certain skill set to navigate a freeway. It's not just about driving, it's also about pace, right? It's not just about driving and pace, but it is about having the ability to discern and make decisions in the moment. It requires essentially all of your faculties in order to properly engage in freeway driving. And some people who are freeway drivers should consider not being a freeway driver. I don't really know another way to say that. But I was driving on the freeway and, you know, really being intentional about, like, almost, if I'm in the car with people, I need people to be quiet when I'm merging into traffic because it's very important that it's done properly. You can cause a wreck. You can slow down traffic. There are all of these things that can happen as a result of not being careful and not being skillful in merging into traffic. If you've been driving 20 years, you ought to know how to do it. But I thought about merging into traffic from the perspective of starting something new, because that's essentially what merging into traffic is, right? It is making the decision to get somewhere quicker, making the the decision to get somewhere more efficiently, making the decision uh, to avoid, uh, you know, a longer path by essentially taking a faster way. That's how I see the freeway, right? And in some cases, it's impossible to get where you're going without the freeway. So the freeway is essential. So behavior on the freeway is essential. I thought about that in the context of how we understand starting things new and how we navigate being good stewards of our vehicles, how we navigate being good stewards of the freeway in the context of other folks. A lot of things... um, come to mind for me, and I wanted to share a few of those thoughts. I think it's important for us to be very careful about how we start things. 
there are a lot of philosophies about starting things. Some people say it's best to start things quickly, right? Get in there, get your feet dirty, figure out what's going on. Uh, while others say, eh, you might want to pace yourself, go slow, you know, take inventory of what's around you, be cognizant of your surroundings. But there are some instances where both of those philosophies have to become one in order to best navigate your way of starting. There's some environments that don't require, um, that don't allow for you to start slow or to start too fast, depending on what's happening. There are external factors like road work that make it sometimes difficult to merge to the speed of traffic. There also can be, you know, people driving slow in the fast lane, driving fast in the slow lane, whatever it might be. So how do we identify, how do we develop a, a, a practice around merging into busy systems, merging into productive and or non-productive work environments? How do we navigate joining families, you know, once we've, you know, declared our love for a spouse or a loved one? Like, how are we navigating the, the this idea of merging? And I think that all of us need a philosophy, right, around merging. A little bit about what I'm going to talk about in this episode is purely my own philosophy. Now, I, I developed this philosophy while I was driving this morning because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think that every, every merge takes a different set of processes, right? Like not all mergers are the same. I want to just note that. So it's hard. It's going to be difficult to identify one blanket one, but what is true for me is the way you start is generally a reflection of how you would end, right? And generally a reflection of how you would navigate culture and community within organizations or families or systems really does have uh, its genesis in how you start. And I think it's important for us to take inventory about how we started. Some things we've already started and we can't go backwards, but we also can be reflective about um, times um, uh, that we have, um, times that we have not been as dutiful or sensitive to the way that we start things. I had a job once where I had began the job uh, knowing that there were people uh, in the organization that had applied for the position that I had. And I started wrong. I merged wrong. The way that I decided to merge was to develop this unmoving loyalty to the system that hired me as opposed to really taking inventory of what was happening around me, really focusing on who the individuals were, my relationship with them as a manager, a supervisor. Like I just jumped in and said, the system said this about you and the system is what hired me and supported me. So I'm here for the system. I merged wrong, right? I had the wrong philosophy about the way that I was going to interact with people. And 
yes, the way that I started um, is indeed the way that it ended, <laughs> right? Right, because when I started, the the targets were the people who reported to me. After those people fell off and left, I became the target, right? So I recognize in hindsight that there were things that I could have done differently when I started. I could have been more diplomatic. I could have been a better listener. I could have uh, moved more quickly to address issues. I could have moved more slowly to uh, consider things without context, right? Um, so I realized that how I started had an impact on how I finished. To me, merging into traffic is acknowledging that you are a part of a very fast moving and efficient flow and your joining has an impact on both you and the people that you are joining, right? And so the pressure to join appropriately uh, is both yours and other folks. But there are some things that I think are important to remember because when I see people merging like very cautiously or very fearfully, even though it angers me, the thought that I had this morning is that there is a reason why people do what they do, right? And a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with their understanding of what the system requires. Everybody knows if they took a test that you have to merge at the speed of traffic. Everyone knows that if you're going to be successful in driving, you have to be a defensive driver. Everybody knows that. These are not concepts that are specific to certain states or cities or domains. Everybody, these are universal truths. What tends to happen, however, is your mindset about your capacity to merge, the way that you interpret what you see, right, follow me, the way you interpret what you see, the confidence that you have in yourself about your ability to merge impacts the way that you merge. So some people are not trying to upset or break the law. They just have seen something that makes them uncomfortable merging at the speed of traffic. And so I'm thinking about that, and it's, the Lord is really ministering to me about this idea of joining groups or clubs or organizations or figuring out where your place is, figuring out what your value is, figuring out how you can best navigate environments that you're new to. And there are some universal truths specifically for believers, specifically for believers. There are some universal truths that I think are important, and I'm going to try to provide these in a way that is, is, is in alignment with this idea of merging at the speed of traffic. The first is, is that even though you might be new to that particular freeway or new to that particular level of traffic or new to that particular speed of traffic, you cannot forget that you are not new to driving. And a lot of times we become handicapped by what we see, right? It's like 
Peter. Peter. Let's see. Is it Peter? Is it Peter that I want to talk about? Uh, okay, I'll go with Peter. I'll go with Peter. Jesus, he, now he's cool with Jesus, right? It's like, I mean, they're there. I mean, Peter is with Jesus. There is no doubt that Peter is a person that is with Jesus, knows Jesus' character, knows what Jesus is capable of, knows everything about him. Jesus bids him to walk on water. His knowledge of what Jesus was capable of was in place when he started to walk on the water, right? <laughs> but as soon as he began to take in what he seen, all of what he knew went out of the window. I'm going to be honest with you all. I have walked very confidently into systems, right? Knowing my value, knowing what I'm good at, knowing what I'm called to do, knowing who I'm called to be, and become overwhelmed by the things that I've seen. And as a result of me being a product of what I've seen, everybody else on the freeway was like, oh, he can't drive, right? Because I allowed the traffic to handicap me in a sense. And it was almost like I forgot that I knew how to drive, that I forgot that I knew how to merge into at the speed of traffic. So as believers, navigating new systems, navigating new relationships, navigating new people, we've got to remember what we already know. Peter is a good example of that. We've got to know that we know what we are doing, right? Um, and that we are prepared and that we are experienced for what we're moving into, right? And we are not getting on the freeway for no reason. We're getting on the freeway. We talked about this, right? We're getting on the freeway because it's the most efficient way to get to where we need to go, right? And in some cases, there are no other paths. There are definitely sometimes no other convenient paths to getting where we need to go. So everything depends on our ability to navigate that traffic that we are joining, right? What some people do is they say, oh, no, I have bad experience. I can take it. I'm never doing it again. Right. And so they live their lives going the long way, wasting time. Right. Doing the, 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 deciding not to go places because they require a merge. Right. They require uh, a go, getting into what seems to be new or scary territory. And what I, I, I feel, I feel led to pray if you're still listening to this, because what I believe that we are going into the particular season is particularly this season that we're going into, especially as believers, we're going into a spiritual season where it requires a boldness that is not based on who we are or not even based on who we know. But, but based on Christ Jesus, our relationship with us, he is the giver of this season of boldness. Like he is the person that is empowering us to navigate the way that we will merge into society. Like God is, God is, it's almost like 
this pandemic and the way that we've learned to uh, merge into, you know, different modes of using media and mode merge into, you know, old folks are uh, got iPhones now, you know, when that used to be a young people thing, you know, 90 year old people on Facebook, there, God has eased us into these domains where there were no praying people, right? Domains where Satan thought was just area for him to have dominion. And God is like, no, there are no domains that are that are off a, 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 a territory that are outside of the bandwidth of the believer, right? But what it takes is the boldness to know, this is what it takes. It takes the boldness to know who has called you, who has empowered you, right? Who has made, who has affirmed your ability to do what it is that you are called to do, right? Peter, don't take your eyes off of who called you, who bid you to walk on water. I don't care how crazy the water is. I don't care how crazy the situation is, how crazy the merge is. Do not take your eyes off the prize. Do not take your eyes off the one that affirmed you to do it. Listen, it's hard. It, it, it's hard. It's hard. We, for the most part, are in a war with ourselves, right? Peter's war wasn't with, there were no disciples being naysayers that he could hear. He was in a war with himself. Now, sure, he probably had critics. Peter was crazy, right? Sure, he probably had people who wouldn't support him or say, oh, he can't do it. Maybe they said it in their mind. Peter's problem was not other people. Peter's problem was Peter, right? Peter's problem was Peter. Peter navigating something unchartered in his life, and he did not trust God to help him through it, and he became overcome by the things that he's seen. And therein lies the challenge that we all have. How are you going to merge at the speed of traffic? What is your philosophy about merging into new territory that you have not merged before. And if you are the person that has decided that you'd rather not go than to take the freeway, who, I, I, I'm going to close with this. I have a, a, a friend who uh, doesn't drive. <coughs> and um, I asked, um, it, it, I have a couple of friends actually that don't drive to be honest. And one of them, I don't know what it is, y'all, but I just cannot, men that can't drive, I don't understand. Like, I, like a man needs to be able to get somewhere. You got, and maybe this is a chauvinistic, patriarchal way of thinking, I don't know. Forgive me in advance. But a man needs to be able to get to where he needs to get to to protect the things that God has given him dominion. And you need a car. You need a car. Now, maybe you don't live in an environment where cars does. You live in New York, San Francisco. Okay, maybe. But you need a car, like, for the most part. So that's my philosophy. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. For me, a car is a, you need a car. So I'm talking to somebody, and I, I started getting frustrated about them not having a car because I just didn't understand. And finally, I was like, hey, what? Can you get your driver's license? Like, what is the problem? You need a car. You know what the person told me? They was like, you know, my grandma didn't drive. 
My great-grandma didn't drive. They start listening to all these people in their lives that didn't drive. And they started talking about how they experienced the world through the eyes and the experience of somebody who never got on the freeway. And it impacted me to an extent because some people will live their lives as professional writers, but will never do what it takes to be a driver. And they will allow themselves to be handicapped. Y'all hear me. They will allow themselves to be handicapped by systems that they have been a part of where not being a driver or a merger is acceptable. Okay, so I want to pray. 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 And I um, want you to focus your heart and your mind on the thing that the Lord has seated in your heart to do. Um that you've not got started on. And maybe it's because of fear. Um, maybe it is because you don't have the resources, whatever it might be. I want you to think about that thing. Now, if you're a person who's listening and maybe you don't have that thing in your heart, or you haven't heard the voice of the Lord saying, do X, Y, and Z, that's fine too. What you're praying for is the confidence to know what to do when the opportunity presents itself, right? So let's pray. God, this is your word. This is your idea. These are your thoughts. This is your, this is the product of your speaking. And I believe, God, that you ordained every listener who is listening under the sound of my voice to hear what has been said. I declare over their life, over their mouth, over their heart, over their spirit, a boldness uh, that is a supernatural boldness to do what you have called them to do. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of feeling like there's a lack of resources. I bind that handicapped spirit that comes to control the mind, the hands, the feet, the action. And I pray, Father God, for a freedom, even now, hallelujah. I pray, God, for a freedom that would rest in the room where the person who is listening to this is at, God, and that, God, you would release ideas, that you would release resources, that you would release, Father God, the, the inclination, God, the, 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 the partners, God, release the, the money, God, release the people, God, release, God, even get out of the way of, of, of those who are under the sound of my voice, get their enemies out of the way so that they can move freely into what you have called them to do. Father God, we declare, God, that as God, your people declare that they will merge and that they will not avoid the freeway, they will not avoid traffic, that we pray, God, now that that person who is listening, 
Glory to God. We pray now that the person who is listening, who has said, God, the market is saturated with people who are already doing this. We pray, God, that the person who has decided in their heart that it's the wrong time, the wrong season, the wrong, whatever it may be, Father God, that you remove every roadblock out of their mind, God, that they would not be their own roadblock, but that, God, you would free their mind and their heart to see perfectly, Father God, what you're doing in the earth. God, give them a dream. Give them a vision, God. God, and then confirm it through your word, your preached word, and confirm it through miracles and signs and wonders and uh, interpersonal contacts. God, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would confirm that thing in the heart and the mind of your people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And God, I believe it to be done. I believe it to be so. I believe, God, that your word is true, that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And so, God, even as we pray, God, we sit in anticipation, not for what we're thinking about, but what you're able to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Season with song.